0: What's up everybody? It's the D man had to get me some whiskey for this one. It's going to be a good one. Mm. That is good. Um, listen, if you've been watching this channel for any amount of time, then you pretty much knew this video was coming. Okay. Yeah, that's right. It's the video where we talk about DM Bizzle DMT. Okay, so what's the big deal about DMT? You might ask. You really have to ask? Come on. It's the spirit molecule. Yeah. Give me some music. Uh Uh-huh. We're partying now. Yeah. Spirit molecule. Toot that horn. Okay. So in all seriousness, DMT is the king of all psychedelics, a chemical which is actually made endogenously in your own body. Some people think it may be responsible for dreams. But if you smoke it, if you ingest it, it has the potential to knock you out of your body into another dimension. And that's why so many people rave about it is because it is such a powerful, you might call it drug, chemical, what have you. Um, It can rip you out of your body, take you into other dimensions of light and beauty and godlike beings. Now, it's not always a good trip. There are hellish trips as well. But that could have to do with your state of mind uh, when you use it. But if you take DMT, it must be said, prepare to die. Now, I'm not talking about literally. You're not actually going to die. But you may feel as if you are dying. And it's a very real experience. Some people report a very strong ego death, whereby your sense of self and identity is stripped away. Your memories, your knowledge of who you are, of your family and friends, just stripped away. You lose all consciousness of your body. You can't feel it anymore. And you can become pure transcendent consciousness, which is can be blissful, but also terrifying. Wait, what's happening? What's happening? What Dude, am I tripping right now? No, 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 no. no. I'm making a video. I can't be tripping right now. No, 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 no. Whoa. Then you come up with eight-dimensional tesseracts, and that leads to infinity. Seven is a lucky number. Infinity plus one. Sandwich between six and eight. Eight ball, a magic number. And six, the only even perfect number that is not the sum of successive odd cubes. Okay, we are spirits inhabiting physical bodies, but that's just a metaphor. There's no tangible spirit I can grab onto. It can be experienced as light and energy in an out-of-body state, but that's just a simple explanation to a deep mystery. Okay, guys, I think I'm back here. Well, if you like that fractal display, head on over to Nico's Fractal Machine because it is pretty cool. So anyway, I read all of the trip reports on Arrowhead for DMT from 2019 and the first half of 2020. That's right. I read all the reports, so you don't have to. You can thank me later. Of course, I would encourage everybody to read some of those trip reports because they are very insightful and make you question reality and what's real and kind of expand your mind onto you know what's possible for reality. Uh so DMT expands consciousness in a mind-boggling way, transporting us into other dimensions of reality, giving us knowledge and insights and letting us see things beyond our wildest dreams. Many say that it's like pulling back the veil of reality and giving us a glimpse at the underlying nature of reality and allowing our minds to escape the confines of the physical world and explore other dimensions. Now, the experience may involve a buzzing or humming sound, um, sort of an internal sound, or vibrations in the body. You might experience going through a tunnel into another dimension or even just a shattering of reality, like reality shatters like glass, everything falls apart and you're suddenly not in your room anymore, but in some other space, in some other dimension altogether. Cheers, everybody. So let's start with a typical phenomenon of the experience, which is the geometry. Here's a quote from the experience Faceless Guides by Dora the Explorer. Quote, Before I had exhaled, I began to see geometric patterns on the side of the house. I exhaled and sat back in my chair. The wall in front of me began to glow a bright gold color and came alive with geometric shapes. They seemed three-dimensional and jumped off the wall. I looked around to the other people in the group and the patterns followed on to them. I looked over to the tree in the garden. It segmented into geometric patterns and each section glowed blue and red. I looked back to the courtyard wall and everything was bright gold and alive, cartoon-like. And then here's another excerpt from The Geometric Spinning Machine by Indigo Girl. She says, I was in awe of how my apartment turned into a dimension made of geometric spheres and cubes and cones and diamonds and cylinders and cubes all spinning like a machine and letting off this energy and vibrations. Oh, the vibrations being let off by this spinning energy force was orgasmic. Waves of light and shades of blues and greens and fractals. Oh, the fractals. <laughs> okay, and then one more from the experience, Kundalini Awakening by Karina. Quote, all of the people around me, the stage and the sky became complex patterns of colors and shapes. My surroundings look completely different, but I still recognize them. I felt as though I was seeing the true nature of reality, and that normal reality is just a projection of that. This geometry experienced in DMT reports, in DMT experiences, it has been captured in works of art. Editor, if you could put the works of art on the sides... No, no, I'm I'm messing with. You. I am the editor. But anyway, you'll see the works of art beside my facey. And uh but of course these are just two-dimensional representations of what is experienced as uh three or more dimensions in the experience itself. So it makes it it begs the question. Is reality at its base geometry and fractals? Does DMT allow us to see reality for what it truly is? Well, At least one DMT user describes it like that. In an experience by user Lord of the Clackers, love the name, he states, The true nature of how this realm, which we perceive of as reality, is constructed was shown to me as being the product of an ingenious fractal soup. Everything is interconnected by this complex fractal construct properties which we ascribe to the material aspects in our plane of existence such as space time mass etc are not applicable in the world of the fractal the dmt revealed how our world and its associated attributes come into being it is projected into existence by the non-corporal world of the fractal so instead of string theory maybe we need fractal theory right at the base of reality what is there It begs the question. So apart from the geometric fractals, sometimes the world around you seems to just come alive, uh, swaying and moving, sometimes morphing into different forms. A picture on the wall could transform into the potato head man who comes out of the picture and dances around you. It can be very dream-esque, although more like a lucid dream, which seems absolutely real at the time. And that's what most people would straight up call a hallucination, something that's obviously not real. Another example is a user who saw blood coming out of his body and was convinced that he was bleeding to death. He saw himself being put on a stretcher into an ambulance. Obviously, none of that actually took place. It was all just a vision which seemed real at the time. Very similar to a bad dream which we wake up from. These are all just projections of the mind, not physically real, but real on some level of the mind. They could be projections of fears or desires, worries, or hopes. And we have to wonder, is this physical world itself just a projection of our mind, albeit a stubbornly stable and persistent one? Hmm. Well, it's time for more whiskey. <laughs> hmm. That is delicious. Hope you're all having a great night out there, great day, whenever you're watching. For me, it's a Saturday night, so I can imbibe, indeed. So beyond the fractal geometric imagery, or maybe we could say in that fractal soup, there exist other realms, other dimensions, which can be accessed by doing enough DMT. It's said that it takes at least two or maybe three big hits. (sighs) Hold it in. Okay, two or three really big hits to really blast off into hyperspace. Whew. i got to breathe now. Okay. Sometimes people speak of traveling through a tunnel to get to these realms, or it could just be a sense of speed, like a, whoosh, a whooshing of the soul to another dimension. These realms of light and color sometimes contain godlike beings who may or may not take an interest in you. And speaking of beings, a whole litany of different types of beings has been described by DMT users. We're talking elves, fairies, aliens, you name it. You never know who or what you're going to meet in these other realms. Now, some of the more interesting accounts really make us question reality and if these beings actually exist. So let's take a look. look at one here's an excerpt of an exceptional otherworldly encounter from the experience titled giant cosmic beings in the 11th dimension by ella she says i eventually broke through a membrane into another dimension it was so otherworldly and alien completely different from my own world i encountered three vast spherical cosmic beings hovering in space They were much more powerful, conscious, intelligent, and aware than I was. I flew around them and for a while they paid no attention to me. I was insignificant in comparison to them. They were colossal in scale, shifting energy inside them and between them with mechanical, rhythmic movements. They were not biological beings like you or me, but were extremely conscious and aware. It's hard to describe how they looked, but they had a two-dimensional circular-shaped body, if you could call it that, like a huge pulsating core with strange energy pounding, spiraling, and shifting around inside them. They had some sort of face above their bodies, almost slightly snake-like, with a giant throbbing eye-like structure. Every time they pulsated, energy shifted inside them and their eyes throbbed with a strange, squelching, frog-like noise. With each pulsation, the energy inside them would rotate in a spiraling motion. They were extremely functional with a purpose, almost like they were recycling light and matter, or perhaps this is how they gained the energy to survive. All that I know is that their system of existence and perhaps the laws of physics in their universe were completely different from anything in our reality. At one point, I was noticed by the beings. They never stopped what they were doing, but they were intrigued by me and seemed to be working out what I was, with a genuine intelligence and understanding that much surpassed my own. They certainly knew that I was a visitor, not a natural part of their world. I remember their giant eyes throbbing at me, staring intently at me and probing me, without any negative or positive intent or emotion. I remember one of their faces coming close to mine, still pounding and throbbing. Okay, this is getting a little sexual here, pounding and throbbing, but okay. Continuing on. Communicating without words, they seemed to be trying to teach me how their system worked, and they were certainly keen to give me information about themselves and their world. It seemed so clear when I was there, but now I have no understanding of what they were doing or why. As I faded from their world and my trip came to an end, they became more and more distant. I was physically moving away from them at an amazing speed. I clearly remember them communicating to me, I staring intently into my soul as I traveled further and further away. Somehow they communicated clearly one message to tell me, tell others from my world of their system, come back soon. Okay, so that really um, makes you wonder Are these beings, do they actually exist in some other dimension? I mean, it seems like they uh, noticed her or him. I don't know if this is a, a woman or a man. Ella, I guess that would be a girl. So it seems like they noticed her in their realm and were curious about her and wanted her to tell others, tell people in your world about us as she was going away You know, come back soon. We want you to come back to our realm. So, did this DMT user really tune into an objective other dimension of reality and meet real beings in that reality? Or was it all just a projection of the mind, a momentary creation such as a dream which fades away upon our departure back into physical reality? These are questions we really can't answer, but it does make us wonder. Here's another thing to ponder. What if our world, what if the earth is like a cell in the body of the universe and we are like just inhabitants of a cell? So in some sense, we are microscopic beings to some other beings outside the universe So here's an experience that might make you think that. It's called An Otherworldly Being by TF. She says, quote, I laid on my back my entire field. I should say he or she. We don't know. I don't know man or woman wrote this. But anyway, I laid on my back on my bed. My entire field of vision became a looking glass. It was like a cross between a Stargate and a glitchy computer screen. It was like an intergalactic microscope, except the thing inside was looking in at me. It looked like Stitch from Lilo and Stitch. It was very friendly. I could feel warm and friendly energy coming from it. Very greeting. It scratched on the glass and waved at me. The most interesting part is that I I couldn't tell if I was actually seeing this or if it was being projected through my mind's eye slash third eye. The next thing that happens is I hear these loud high-pitched sounds that sound like sonar waves or high-frequency waves. It wasn't actually physically hearing this, but I could in my mind. It was communicating with me through these high frequencies, and I could completely understand what it was saying. This thing and a group of others from its species were studying the human race, diet and exercise habits, reactions in different settings, psychology, sexual habits, etc. It called its race Zetarean. Not sure how to spell it was looking at us with a device that acted as an interdimensional microscope. We were like microscopic cells to whatever this thing was, but from another dimension. It was very friendly and greeting. It told me that now that I'm aware of its existence, that it can guide me in life through psychic channeling and positive energy. It told me that I was free to selectively tell people about this experience. Now again, is this true? Do these beings actually exist? For that matter, do any of the beings encountered on DMT actually exist? There's no answer to that question because we don't know. But it's certainly intriguing. It is intriguing to think about the universe, that maybe the universe is the body of some creature. The earth is a tiny little cell in the body of the universe, and we are like, you know, little proteins in the cell. Um. It's quite interesting to, uh, you know, contemplate that, that possibility. Now, uh, sometimes separate users of DMT do experience the same kinds of entities. There's many encounters with aliens or uh, what are called machine elves. Uh, So that might lead you in the direction of thinking that they are, they do really exist because many different people experience them. Um, it's really hard to say though. Now, Professor David Luke had an interesting experience when he did DMT on the banks of the river Ganges and encountered a snake-like creature with numerous eyes. Before this being could react to his arrival in its realm, he says he saw a glimpse over what might loosely be called the shoulder of the creature and instantly realized that he had seen something he shouldn't have, something forbidden for mortal eyes, He could not recall what he saw afterwards as he somehow blocked it out. However, the startled, multi-eyed snake-like being acted with utter surprise at his presence and proceeded to end his little foray by mesmerizing him with its squirming, rhythmic eyeball hypnosis and let him know in no uncertain terms that he should not be there and definitely not peering into the hallowed space beyond, which it clearly guarded. Now, it wasn't until several years later when David accidentally came across a reference in a Tibetan book of magic and ritual to an ancient deity by the name of Za that he finally made sense of the experience. This deity is said to have half the body of a snake and be covered with a thousand eyes. It is said to be a guardian deity, the protector of law. So, in essence, it seems like he experienced this deity while doing DMT on the banks of this river. Now, one theory is that maybe he had previously seen or read or heard about the deity Zha, but had just forgotten about it, and so that image was already in his subconscious, and DMT sparked his mind to form an experience around it. Or maybe this being actually exists, and that's why it's recorded in Tibetan literature. Or maybe we can create deities or beings in another dimension through our collective thoughts and energy. The more people give thought to it, perform rituals or worship it, the stronger it grows in another dimension of mind. Now, if these entities exist, it is surely in another dimension, probably only accessible through consciousness. I mean, after all, Science is limited to scientific instruments which operate in the three-dimensional physical world. So, what's beyond the three-dimensional physical world? Only mind, only consciousness has access to that. If we are, in fact, multidimensional beings, which I believe we are. I believe our mind is multidimensional. Now, as I mentioned before, on DMT, you may experience an ego death and be convinced that you're actually dying the experience can be the same as a near-death experience, in fact, um, and anybody who disagrees that a that an NDE-like DMT trip isn't the same thing as an actual NDE, come on the podcast and debate me because it's, it's the same experience. Some people actually have near-death experiences while um, on a DMT trip. Okay, so let's uh, take a look at an experience of this nature and the insights it gives us. This is from the experience entitled Death by Astonishment by Jace Complex. He says, quote, everything was black and eerily silent at first as I felt myself begin to be pulled slash pushed upwards away from my body. Looking up, I saw blackness with a pinprick of white. This white was what I was floating towards slowly and inexorably. I looked down and could see myself, my body, the crappy futon that had long outstayed its welcome. There was a hole in my ceiling through which I could see myself getting smaller as I moved upwards towards the waiting unknown. That's when the real terror began. I knew I was never coming back, that my wife was going to come home and find me comatose, and that my old futon that I hated so much would be there when I died. I was going to leave my wife alone, forcing her to find me in that condition, scarring her for life because I had thought myself capable of concomitant psychedelic use when nothing was further from the truth. I felt powerless, stupid, selfish. I hated myself in that moment. This was terrifying because I knew it was real. There was no doubt in my mind. As I continued being pulled from above and pushed from below, getting further and further from my body, the layers of myself began peeling away. Slowly, every aspect of me that I could call me was being discarded. The last part of myself that I desperately clung to was my wife, the memories of her, both of loving tenderness and bitter arguments. I didn't want to lose her. She had to be forcibly torn from my grasp, and it wasn't a pleasant experience. This was ego death. This was me dying. And from this point on, I didn't really consider myself to be myself. There was no ego attached to me with which perceived the event. I will continue to use I and my, but that's only because that's how our memory works. I wasn't me anymore. I understand the confusing and unintuitive nature of this perspective of being conscious, of witnessing, participating, thinking, reacting, and feeling without an I to be. So that's a little example of ego death. He then proceeded to go into the the light and had a life review in which he could see and experience all the moments of his life playing out before him. And this taught him the meaning of his life and his actions. And he also mentions that if he had lived his life as a bad person doing mean things, this would have been hell because there was no ego to justify his actions in the afterlife the horror or the joy that you created in life is just laid out bare in the afterlife and you will experience um all of it so finally he experienced um what i would call god consciousness he says quote i dissolved each and every molecule and atom of my being separated and dispersed throughout the universe I was nothing. I was everything. I am God. Just like that with three tiny prodigious words, everything I knew as a devout secular atheist vanished. How can I say there is no God when I am God? What is God? God is existence. God is consciousness. And I am God. Before my eyes was laid infinity, the scope, the scale, the grandeur of the universe, It was too much to handle, but I had no choice. It was there, and so was I. This is the part of the trip that sadly has lost the most detail. I'm left with more of an absolute impression than the individual details. I recall traveling vast distances, visiting distant worlds, and observing alien life. I saw the Mandelbrot of existence in its entirety all at once— viewing every individual fractal spire in intimate individual detail, while simultaneously marveling at the beauty and immensity of the image as a whole. I was pervasive throughout the universe and could travel wherever I wanted at a whim, instantly. I knew everything. I watched stars go from disparate gas clouds to supernova, seeing every second of their lives in an instant. This was pure happiness, knowledge on a scale impossible to contain in a human mind. Oh, that's deep. That's deep. Need some whiskey here. So he became basically godlike, able to experience the entire universe from from a minute scale to the macro scale. And interestingly, he mentions... Viewing every individual fractal spire in intimate individual detail, again, hinting at the idea that reality is fractal in nature. Now, this experience of uniting with all of creation and understanding things from a godlike perspective is not an isolated event. Here I quote from the experience My New Faith by Midian. Describing this godlike state, he says, quote, I live all lives and focus on slash in each one through every moment of consciousness. Each time I choose one, I choose an acceptable amount of time lapse since my last visit into that life's timeline in order to have just come back from unconsciousness or a short daze. When I'm bored with being you or being with you, you fade back out of existence. I crave everything, all of life and experience and death and nothingness. It is all systematically chaotic glory. It is absolutely fulfilling in any quantity and from any perspective through all time and space, else I wouldn't be there. There is nothing going wrong because everything is wrong if you go that way. In the moment of writing this, this body was depressed. Yet it was the most blessed because I was focused within it and no other as I am in you right now. From this focus, all other lives are not as alive as this one is. This is the one life that I have chosen to focus on and in right now. However, all other lives are alive because I will or have or am living them. From the focus of this body, I cannot merge my awareness with other lives simultaneously. This is on purpose so that the puzzle doesn't solve and collapse creation. Each little piece of life was made to be individual and unjoinable. One life cannot supplement another life with its own. Death will come first. Consciousness does not merge, but to change that fact is only a decision away. The answer to why is what do you want? I want all there is to be, and it doesn't matter what happens with it. I want all the passion. All the pleasure, pain, peace, boredom, excitement, glory, horror, love, guilt, fear, hope, regret, forgiveness, judgment, and maybe even death. They are all my creations, as is chaos itself. I am all there is. I am you. And whenever, wherever you are communicating with another life, we are communicating with me. You know this. I create each life on an imaginary timeline step-by-step as I live it. I am known to choose death in regular cycles throughout all forms of life. None of it truly matters to the all because the all cannot be destroyed. Even if it was destroyed, it wouldn't matter after. I am, and that is all that matters to me. Where I say that I am you, I mean that I am the you that thinks, feels, talks, and moves. That is what God means. I am in you for the experience, however great or terrible or in between. I want to love myself and I want myself to love me above all else. This explains all of love and virtue. I want everything. This explains all of desire and justifies chaos. I can. This explains all purpose and proves will. Death is nothing but the complete destruction of this entire universe slash creation via a simple shift in my eternal kaleidoscope. There will be no memory or concern for it because another universe slash dimension will have all my, your, our focus. End quote. So, this is getting at our ultimate nature, the source consciousness of which we are all aspects. Peel away the layers of the self, the ego, and all its accoutrements, and we are at essence God, each and every one of us, eternal light living a human experience. And as he says it right there, that I am in you for the experience, however great or terrible are in between, this reality is ultimately about experience, uh, good or bad as it may be. We are living for the experience and should have joy in the fact that we are alive and experiencing because think about the terrible possibility of non existence. Now, whether you think reality is all, you know, unconscious matter and energy at its fundamental base, obeying the laws of physics, or whether it's a universal intelligent god consciousness at the base of reality, the big question that begs is why should anything exist at all? Why why does anything exist? What if nothing existed? So existence itself is something we should be happy in. And then there's the quote, I want to love myself and I want myself to love me above all else. See, God splits itself into many pieces, many particles and beings, and then loves those beings who in turn love God, who is really them. You know, just a few layers removed, you might say. You are a piece of God focused in on your particular human life experience, and if you could shift your consciousness from the ego-human state to the underlying God state, you would experience every life and every experience. So the idea is God experiences through us, and all the pain and the pleasure and the joy and the horror, it's all enriching to to God. It's all an experience had by God who is actually us. We just don't realize it. But this leaves us with the question, if smoking DMT can cause these incredible experiences, does that mean it's all in the brain? It seems like this chemical in the brain is causing the experience and that it's just must be an illusion, a hallucination. That is one way of looking at it. But there is another way of looking at the the problem here. Yes. Do you like me as your accent, yeah? Um, The other way is that the brain is like a television set. The pictures and sounds emanating from the TV are not contained within the TV. No, no, no. The signal is coming over the internet. Or maybe through a cable connection if you're still living in the 1990s. See... The signal's coming over the internet. It's not contained within the TV. Change the signal, and a new channel appears with different sights and sounds. The theory is that our brains are tuned into physical reality, but certain chemicals like DMT can change the channel or tune us into a different reality. Could DMT be the regulator of the filtering and tuning mechanism in the brain? It is speculated that DMT is produced in the pineal gland. This is located in the position of the Ajna chakra, known as the third eye, which grants one psychic ability and possibly extra-dimensional vision. According to Professor David Luke, he says, I discovered that the end of the pine cone forms a Fibonacci spiral, identical in form to the eyes in Alex Gray's dying image. Indeed, the entire pattern of the scales on a pine cone forms a Fibonacci sequence, much like DNA. The most curious part about this, however, is that the pineal gland is named as such because it resembles a pine cone, and furthermore, endogenous DMT is speculated to be made in the human pineal. It is also speculated that this supposedly nocturnally produced pineal DMT might be responsible for dreams. So does the release of DMT, whether naturally or when we ingest it as a drug, override the filtering mechanisms in our brain, allowing us to experience a greater chunk of reality than we normally perceive? Or is it a trigger to release our spirit from the confines of the body into other realms? Well, these questions we must ponder as we wait for part two, but I'm excited to tell you about our next video, uh, which is coming up. Now, barring any author interviews, which, well, let's face it, I've got 36 subscribers. I'm not expecting any authors to be knocking on my door. But pretty sure, then, my next video is going to be about the big one, G.O. That's right, God. And that's um, with the book by Stephen C. Meyer, one of my favorite authors. His newest book, The Return of the God Hypothesis, Three Scientific Discoveries That Reveal the Mind Behind the Universe. Question is... Do scientific discoveries point to the existence of an intelligence behind the universe? Stay tuned, my friends. It's about to get interesting as we review that one.